Well, 2019 has been an interesting year, to say the least. I've stretched extremes uh, when it comes to how I've lived my life and done some super incredible things this year and a lot of things that I wish I could take back. Um, and I thought, well, I'll shoot a little video for you guys. So. I'm gonna do my workout and along the way, I'll give you some of the reflections of this year. So, first reflection on 2019 is this. Be comfortable stretching the extremes. I look back at 2019 partly with regret, partly with gratitude because let me basically be a rundown of what I was like in 2019. The first half of 2019, I challenge you to find a human that was more hardworking, worked smarter, and was more optimized than me. I took things to a level of extreme when it came to my biohacking, when it came to my detoxing, when it came to my work ethic and my focus that you know, I've never taken myself to that level before. And it was slightly concerning because my mom, my girlfriend at the time, Natasha, best friends, even my own team members and employees were telling me, they were like, look, we're a little worried about you because you haven't really smiled in a while. And it wasn't so much because I was unhappy. I was, I was happy. I was doing what I loved. I was working on the business. You know, I love pushing myself to the extremes. But it was more just because I was so in my head, so stuck in my head. And that was an extreme. You know, that was an extreme of working 12-hour days. And I'm talking like real 12-hour days. Focus, deep focus work. And I said, I've never pushed myself to that extreme before. And that was amazing. But what happened was for half a year, I was at that place. And by the time the summer rolled around, you know, the second half of this year, just to be entirely honest, like I pushed the extreme in terms of business and work and output the first half of this year. The second half of this year, I, I pushed the extremes in terms of living just a crazy life. The past six months have been nuts, you know. I've become friends with some of the most successful hotel owners out there, restaurant owners out there. I've become friends with people in their hundreds of millions. You know, people who own cinemas, people who own clubs, like it's just the level at which I pushed my social life in the past six months and the caliber of people I'm meeting in terms of a business networking has just been nuts in terms of my dating life. Just to be quite frank, like I pushed the extremes in terms of like, not only was I single, but like just meeting so many new and getting introduced to so many people through friends of mine, through friends of friends, through, you know, parties that I would throw that, you know, I'm glad because I pushed the extreme of like literally hanging around some of the most, literally some of the most beautiful women on earth, all with incredible hearts. But I pushed the extreme in terms of my dating life. And don't let anyone tell you that your entire life should be balanced because I don't believe that's true. I believe balance is key. But I think at the end of the day, I know my audience and to me young, is when you're under 40, because under 40, let's say maybe even under 35 or 30, most of the time you don't have that many responsibilities. Once you get over 40, you know, you gotta be a little bit more careful about the way you do things. But look, if you're 27, push the extremes. Push the extremes in your business. Work 14 hours a day. And then, you know, at another point in your life or another point in the year, try seeing if you can run the business on four hours a week. Try the four hour work week, because it's true. You know, I run my agency as the four hour work week. So I know it's possible in that business, the education company takes me a hell of a long time because there's so many moving parts. You know, The education company is really the thing that drains me emotionally. It's the thing that drains me emotionally in terms of my time, in terms of the expenses that are incurred with it. 
Um, but AO, you know, as I've explained to you guys, you know, my the education company, yes, while extremely profitable, that's my passion project. My agency is the thing that pays for my lifestyle. That's my lifestyle business. But push the extreme in your business. Push the extreme in your in your dating life. You know, push the extreme. Have an incredible long-term relationship. I mean, a long-term relationship with an incredible girl or guy is the most, in my opinion, the most beautiful thing on earth. It's the thing that I've cherished more than anything else on earth. Um, but then also push the extreme. Meet the most, not only the most physically beautiful people you can, but people with the most beautiful hearts. People that you know you could stay up to f at, until three, four, five a.m. talking about life and philosophy and 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 what you guys have gone through, uh, you know, in your time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, push that extreme. Push the extreme in terms of your social circle. You know, I've had in the past where I've had you know basically three people that I'll respond to. You know, not because I don't I hate the other people, but just because I'm like you know what. I just gotta focus on the people who like are my inner inner circle and everyone else. You know, I'm at a point in my life where they don't really matter to me, or you know, I gotta put them to the side a bit. And then I've also had it where like I'm throwing the most ridiculous parties, meeting tons and tons of new people. And the wrap up to this reflection is one didn't make me happier than the other. You know, working 14-hour days, or you know, and that's the thing, in the second half of the year where I've explored other areas of life, you know, even just, even in terms of like launching a clothing line, like, who the fuck do I think I am? I'm a nerdy digital marketer. <laughs> like, like, the, like what I am at, at my core, anyone who knows me personally is I'm a nerd. Like, I'm a nerd, like I'm just a nerdy digital marketer. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm gonna launch a clothing line. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've just done things that I'm incredibly proud of. Um, and also just gone outside of my normal focus because if it was the first half of the year I'd be like, okay, if this doesn't directly correlate to the business and the efficiency of the business Then I'm not doing this in the second half of the year I kind of expanded my horizons and I'm really glad I did um, and I did the second half of the year Yes, I expanded my horizons. Yes I like I, I met so many people when it came to my social circle and yes I threw these incredible parties and, and met tons of awesome people, but I also maintained my non-negotiables in my business and my habits and in my discipline. So that is one thing to, to keep in mind, but it didn't make me happier being at one of my ridiculous parties or afternoon tea, which is like quite literally the, the culmination of my personality, which is just like t toned down and boring. And I would be at like one of my afternoon tea parties or I'd be, a, you know, going out of a club and like, I, I would just, on the outside, you, you would look at me and you'd be like, oh my God, that is literally the goal of life. Like money, girls, social status, social proof. But like, honestly guys, I'm, I'm, I'm just as happy being at home reading. Like, as I said, anyone that knows me personally knows like my Kindle makes me really happy. Like I, it's been a year since I bought that thing, but that, that, that thing is still one of my favorite items I bought this year. Anyone that knows me personally knows that out of my, you know, insane watch collection, my Timex Snoopy makes me the happiest. It's like a 45 pound like Snoopy X Timex, uh, Timex collab. It's, you know, that, that's what puts a smile on my face. So stretch the extremes because when you stretch the extremes, you can find a good center point. And the issue is with a lot of people is there, are, I know there's a lot of people, for example, who have a ridiculous social circle and have tons of cool people in their life, but they want a successful business and they think the grass is greener on that side. And there's billionaires who honestly, all they want are just some cool friends, you know, cause all they have are just business friends and they think the grass is greener on that side. And guys, honestly, the grass is never, I don't, I don't need to tell you this, you guys know this, but the grass is never greener. But when you push the extremes, then at least you get to see not only what it's like on the other side, but you get to see, you know, just the highest pinnacle of what that can be. And then what that does for you is 
when you decide where you want to be on the scale and where you want to live your life, you can know the fact that, hey, for those people who are living a digital nomad lifestyle, cool, I might see that on a YouTube video or an Instagram or whatever, and that looks cool, but like, been there, done that, and like, it's cool for you, but for me, I know the way I want to live. Or for example, if you guys see anyone popping off at the club or throwing these cool parties, you're like, okay, cool. That's nice that you do that, but I've lived that life, and if it makes you happy, you know, it makes you happy, I've tried it. I don't want to go to that extreme. Or you see someone who literally made 10 million in a year, but you also kind of know that the work is the only thing that they do. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Like you can have all that money. I'd rather have maybe one twentieth of the money, one one hundredth of the money. But like, I think all in all, if you put us together, it's quite clear that I'm a happier person. So that's why I think pushing the extremes is so important. And I'm kind of coming now. You know, at the time of recording this, it's December. It's the last year of this month. I've pushed both extremes, and it's given me good context about the way that I want to live my life going into 2020. All right, so, second reflection on 2019, and that's the value of money. Now, you know, my assumption is around, you know, people watching this on this channel, probably around 70, 70 to 80% are AGC owners. Obviously, you guys know I run Grow AGC. Um, and that's mainly our main demographic. And one thing you need to understand, especially for those of you guys that are agency owners, that are blessed to be AGC owners, is we have such a warped definition of what a business model actually is. When you are in the service-based business, and especially when you're 30 or 40K a month below, you have such a warped definition of what normal business margins look like. You know, as agency owners, we don't have R&D expenses. Most of us don't have, and hopefully, I'm hoping that you don't have office expenses. Most of us, even up until 2030K, it's either us or a contractor who isn't even full-time, not even a full-time employee. We have such high margins and such a warped perception of money. And the thing is, we never, as an agency owner, which is such a blessing, you never have to worry about money, really, because the thing is, if you're not making it, yes, that might suck, but it's not the end of the world. You can get another job while you're building an agency. You know, even if you just get one or two clients, you can survive on you know, one, you know, if you get two, one or two clients you're surviving on, you know, anywhere probably from one to five or $10,000 a month, once again, totally depends on the retainers that you're charging. But my point is you're never losing money from having an agency. And that's just, it, it's such a, it, it, that goes against business. You know, that goes against business and there's no upfront cost. It's just, it's such a warped definition of what running a business actually is, but we're so blessed to live it like that. So. One thing that I think most of you guys, and I know I struggle with this here, is money comes in, and not only does it come in, but it comes in with such high margins that you start to take money for granted. And you start to lose the value of money. And in 2019, I can confidently say I lost the value of money. Now, 2019, I didn't do anything that I, I didn't buy anything that I look back at, I'm like, that was really dumb. For example, like, I didn't buy a car. Once again, if you want to spend money on a car, that's totally fine with you. I will 100%, Within the next five years, you will 100% see me driving a supercar. But for right now, it's just, it's not something that, like the, the loss of it hurts too much for me. And I know a lot of you guys will be like, oh, but Iman, what about your watches? I need you guys to understand with my watches, if I was to sell the watches that I bought this year, and I bought 
quite a few, quite a, quite a few hundred thousand dollars worth of watches this year, I would make around a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand um, uh, pounds. Yeah, pounds. Hundred to one hundred fifty thousand pounds profit. Keep in mind that gets listed as capital gains tax. So really, this year I made over six figures just by not only buying watches but wearing them. And I think I've explained in another video how I actually buy my watches. The the you know, in UK, it's known as benefit and kind of loan structure I use, how I actually get watches that I know are going to go up in value or instantly are literally double the amount that I paid for it at retail. So I don't want to get into that here, but I haven't really bought anything that I look back at in 2019. I'm like, oh, that was a dumb decision. Um, my watches, I, it was literally almost like a, a third stream of income for me. So I'm, I'm super happy about those. I didn't buy a car. I'd say maybe buying, you know, clothes here and there shoes maybe that i look back at all of the experiences i've ever had honestly never ever regret buying experiences uh buying experiences is you should always be something that you uh, make time for and, and make money for but especially coming here to nepal and right now i'm actually filming this uh it's our last it's our last day here in nepal tomorrow we fly out um you know we've been in the mountains for three four days um stayed in cabins uh, slept in tents, uh, honestly, a lot better accommodation than I thought it was going to be. But nonetheless, being here, I think a lot of people come on a, you know, this, this charity trip to Nepal and you guys are going to get to see, and I'd say probably around two months, the final documentary that we make from it, that'll share our entire experience and, and just really open your eyes to what is going on. But until then, what I would say is a lot of people come to a place like, you know, Nepal, um, Cambodia. Uh, Tanzania and the the main feedback is always like oh it's crazy to see how much they have compared to us and it's like yes that's part of it but I, I knew that was the case that that doesn't that wasn't anything new to me and that didn't sit heavy in my heart what sat heavy in my heart was there was a child who's never seen out of his right eye and it's not like he can't see out of his right eye it was just generally he was born with his eyelids shut together and the operation's 150 pounds so he could see and that puts things into perspective. Sorry, I'm mean, gonna stop rolling for a second here just because Fabian wanted to, to butt in and, and mention the fact that, you know, and I, I should mention this, the parents can afford the operation, but it's like, no. So it, it's there, but they can't afford the travel to come to Kathmandu to do it. And it's just like, you know, there's certain things in life that I don't care about, but I do because I feel as though it's my lifestyle now like going to Mr. Chow, going to Nobu, spending two, three hundred dollars on a dinner, going to Annabelle's, like, I don't, I honestly am a person who eats two pound ramen and it makes no difference to me. Like, there's certain things in life that make me happy. You guys know biohacking equipment, books, watches, experiences, and this clothes make me happy. There's a, a certain other things that I couldn't care less about. And I, while I'm sitting in Mr. Chow, having my glazed prawns, that money could have been allocated. And look, I mean, the thing is, I think it's quite clear. I've done a lot in terms of charity work this year. I've done, to do this at my age has gone beyond my wildest dreams, but still, I, like, I look back at it with disgust because at the end of the day, I need to be selfish in some senses and I need to spend money on things that mean something to me. But when I'm literally going and having a dinner for 250 bucks and that's like kind of just become normal to me now, when I'm doing that, but I, it, it does. But food and eating out—that's not something that brings too much pleasure to me. I could eat. Uh, uh, I could eat out for twenty bucks or two hundred fifty bucks. It honestly doesn't mean 
there's no difference to me at all. Um, I look back and I'm just like, you have lost all perception of the value of money. And going into 2020, one, and even as speaking as a company, because look, the agency, I'm cutthroat. The agency is the most, my agency is the most lean, profitable machine of any agency I've seen at my current revenue mark. When it comes to the education company, oh my God, they're gonna start all that education company. With the education company, I mean, even just let alone the philanthropy, like coming out here cost me 20,000. It's just to bring three, me and three other people, which obviously was, was totally, totally worth it. But like the Rory Agency party I threw in October just for students, like I didn't make any money from that, $25,000. And once again, super happy I did it. You know, I've done afternoon teas. That's a grand right there for, you know, me and my, uh, and some of the six figure students in London. When it comes to education company, we've become very bloated. And you know, at the end of the day, the education company is the thing that I would do for free no matter what. I love my agency, but the, the God's honest truth is I love my agency, I love working with the clients I've worked with, but it all comes down to my agency pays for the awesome lifestyle that I have, that that's the purpose of it. My education company is the thing that I would do no matter what. You know, that's my passion project, even though it does make money. So we've become super bloated as a company we've been talking over the past few days, how can we get very frugal in 2020? How can we get very frugal in 2020? How can we cut back expenses? And that means the next year we get to build even more schools. One of the things about money is when you have it, you don't respect it or a lot of if, if you're an idiot with money. And I wouldn't say, I, look, considering my income and whatnot, I would not say I was an idiot with money at all in 2019. What I would say is I lost the value of money and I lost true sight of how much money is worth and how much a pound or a dollar is worth. That's what I lost sight of and that's what I regret. And when you have money, it usually comes in abundance. And when you need it, usually it's scarce. And thank God I've never come to that day where I've needed money and not had it. And I've never been in that situation, which a lot of people who make money fall into, which is they over leverage themselves. They, you know, they, they, they bloat up their personal lifestyle expenses. Thank God I've never gone to that point. I've still been sensible with money, but I've, as I said, I've lost the value of it. And it, it, it eats away at me knowing that if I just think about all the, all the dinners that I just couldn't care less about, you know, even just like my, my team is kind of shocked because um, the next four or five flights I have are all economy. And they're like, why, why do that to yourself? Like even flying here, they were like, why don't you fly business so you're like in a better mood and more comfortable when you get here? And I'm like, at the end of the day, if I'm going to see a client abroad and it's a two day training that I'm charging $40,000 for, yes, I'll fly business because I want to be there and I want to be sharp. If I'm going to like, let's say, I don't know, a mastermind or something that I need to be sharp for, yeah, sure. But if I'm flying to Nepal or I'm flying to, to Bali and I've got 10 days in Bali, you know, and I have, I have a couple uh, work stuff or I'm shooting content there or this or that, like it's a seat. I don't mind sitting in a seat for eight to 10 hours. I'm just going to read my Kindle. Like I don't mind sitting in a seat. I don't mind lying in a bed and reading my Kindle or sitting in a seat and, lie, and, and reading my Kindle. And as I said, I look back at, some of the expenses in 2019. And I'm just like, you, I almost feel like, I will, for lack of better words, I almost feel kind of like a snob, like almost like I'm spoiled, even though it's, I've earned every single penny I've ever made. I almost feel spoiled that I've, I've almost had things easy. And that would be my second reflection on 2019 is just like, please, I beg you, cherish every single pound, every single dollar. And maybe you guys need some sort of experience like I've had in Nepal where it becomes real to you because I'd say if I didn't have Nepal, I would go into 2020, I'm like, 
Well, I mean, I make so much. So what's $4,000 on a business class flight or a first class flight? What's 250 bucks at Nobu? Like what, you know, what are like, in comparison to what I make, you know, this is nothing. But coming here, it's like, no, the $3,000 I saved by seeing a call me rather business, that's not, that's not for me. I can use that money to help someone else. You know, as I said, that, that's really the second reflection I've had in 2019. I, I honestly, I urge every single one of you guys, please cherish the money you have and realize how lucky of a position you guys are in and set aside money so it can start working for you. And next year, I'm investing a lot of money into real estate. Set aside money so it can start working for you. Set aside money so you can help others. If you, don't, if, if you can't sit in economy rather than business to help yourself, at least take that money and help someone else. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, first things first, I apologize, I'm looking scruffy as hell. I don't need a haircut, need a shave. Um, but one thing I would say is, hoodie has kept me going this entire time, so I think we just did a restock of the Youth Never Satisfied. Funny enough, this isn't even the final product. Uh, you guys get a better version, the raised front. Um, we have this thing that's kept me going through this entire trip. So done a little restock uh, on the site. I think a lot of you guys uh, have been waiting for that. I've been getting a lot of messages about it, so. <sighs> Diverted attention leads to de decay. And I think that's pretty obvious. The fact that if you divert your attention, things will start to decay around you but I think this is maybe something close to my park. Literally in an hour ago, I had a conversation with my team um, about some client campaigns over the past 30 days, and I just haven't been happy as an agency over the past 30 days. And yes, granted, over the last 30 days, we literally launched a clothing line and then through a gallery, and then I had to move all my stuff out of my house in London because I'm moving into a different place uh, after a little bit of traveling uh, and isolation and then had Nepal where there's been like basically no internet connection um, you know visiting the schools that we funded so yeah I, I get that but still I just haven't been happy as an agency over the past 30 days and I had to have that very difficult conversation with my team um, and once again it made me realize that look the past six months I've been very busy in terms of launching agency incubator, working on the education company. I, I've had trips all, along that time. I've had masterminds that we posted at Grow Agency along that time. You know, obviously launching a clothing line, all of the stuff, the, the philanthropy and the charity work. And obviously when your attention is focused on that and your attention isn't focused here, there have been certain standard operating procedures that are, to me, are basic as an agency for us because we're, we should be setting the example. We have, certain standard operating procedures that I've built out in a team to collectively we built out that should be done. And the fact that they haven't been done makes me infuriated at myself as a leader because the reason that that hasn't been done is because my attention has been diverted elsewhere. And yes, I run an education company and an agency. I can't always have my attention and now also clothing line, you know, I can't and we also build schools in Nepal, like, you know, there's a lot going on these days. So yes, my attention can't only be focused on one thing monastically as I would want it to be. But nonetheless, like, that is another thing that I've learned. I've learned that like, if I, when I built out the customer support system earlier this year, and then I took 
you know, and, and, and I, I, after I built it out, I stayed on top of it for a month because I wanted to make sure that the system wasn't break, breaking, even after we stress tested the system. I did that for a month, but then the month after when I stopped looking at it, that's when issues piled up. In terms of my, my accounting and looking at cash flow and expenses and how bloated we are as a company, I was on top of it the entire year. And then somewhere around September, I lost track of it, which is really bad, especially because from September, from September until now, we've never spent more money as a company in terms of expenses. So that is the time I especially should have been on top of things. So don't think that you can just, there is certain truth to set it and forget it. There's things in my business, like my onboarding process. There's things, there's certain report, uh, reporting op operating procedures, you know, in terms of reporting and analytics that is set it and forget it. There's certain systems that I've built in terms of onboarding a new client that set it and forget it. There's certain protocols for the, for the education company that is set it and forget it. There is some truth in that, but know that as a, as a department or as a facet of your business, if you don't look at something, and the funny thing is a lot of time we look, we don't look at the things that we know are gonna hurt. And I think part of me, for example, over the last three, four months, I have been on top of PL. Yes, I have an accountant who does everything and I get reports, but I haven't been able to like really uh, deep dive into the, the bank accounts, into the, into the statements, look at the expenses, look at where we're bloated. You know, if you guys in, in agency incubator, you guys know the financial tracker that I give you guys is my personal financial track. I use that. And the reason I use that is because I have all the line items based on different um, departments of the company. So it makes it very clear to see where are we bloated and what expenses can we cut. I haven't done my financial tracker in three months. And I think part of it is because I know that once I look at it, it's going to stick. I think when I didn't look at customer support earlier this year, after building an incredible system and in our customer support, I'm super proud of it. Um, that was partly because I knew that there was going to be some problems there because I built a system, I stress tested it, and then new problems arose. I think part of the fact that I haven't been on top of things as an agency, as a leader, yes, my team has, or so I thought, and once again, it's not their fault because people will, and yes, as said, granted, as a company, we've had ridiculous past three, four months in terms of work. I will say that, but that was my fault as a leader, and I let certain things slip. Now, something I take pride in is my agency. I take, a, as you guys can probably tell, I take a, a, a freakish amount of pride in my agency and the results we get for our clients and the caliber of clients we work with and obviously just the, the, the caliber of clients we work with and just the way we run our agency and, and also just how we operate as an agency ethically and morally with our clients. So that, especially to me, that, that the past three years, now looking and doing a little deeper dive now that we actually have internet here on our last day in Kathmandu, it's, it made my blood boil and it's, it is said it's my fault. It's my fault as a leader. So one thing that I would say is try to build systems where you can remove yourself, but understand that if you divert your attention from something, it will decay. If you, for those of you guys in agency incubator, if you guys don't do that financial tracker, I'm telling you your company's cash flow will be fucked. And you know, in four or five days, I'm going to spend an entire two days going over all the financials for August, September, uh, or sorry, September, October, November, December, or December isn't done yet. So those three months. And I'm going to get back on top of things. I'm going to put my attention back 
So as I said, understand, if you don't do that financial tracking, your cash flow is fucked. If you aren't on top of your client campaigns, they will decay. If you're not on top of your lead generation, this is the thing a lot of people struggle with. They have a huge spike in terms of lead generation to bring on new clients, but those, those clients will only, eventually those clients will leave, whether that be 18 months, 24 months, 36 months. We have clients who, who stay longer than we could have ever imagined and provide such a stable, predictable cash flow for our agency. But at the end of the day, something always does happen. And you need to be on top of those things. So that is definitely the uh, last reflection I have from uh, 2019. Do you think we should change for Tyler placements to shift to Instagram? Well, I mean, to answer that question, like, why did we initially shift from mainly Instagram to Facebook? More sales or Facebook. Only downside is obviously he was saying that like he yes. didn't choke, get he, he liked the growth on Instagram, but like at the end of the day, what would you rather take Instagram growth or which I don't spend? So yeah, I just explain that to him because obviously he was a little confused. Mm -hmm. But nah, that's about it. Yes, we'll do. So just wrapped up breakfast. Fabian and Danny are gonna head out. As I said, it's our last day in Kathmandu. Uh, I need to stay in and do some work um, with Kieran. Well, actually, Kieran's not feeling well, but either way, he's working with me. Um, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this video. As I said, 2019 has just been an incredible year. That's kind of had a pretty somber tone to this video, but I will say like in 2019 was an incredible year. I achieved things that I never would have thought I would have been able to achieve. I've done things at my age that like, you know, even if everything goes right in life, you do when you're 30, 40, 50, 60. Um, so I cannot be more grateful for this year and more grateful for the hard lessons that this year did teach me. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Go ahead and leave a like down below. Helps out the channel, helps out the algorithm a ton. And uh, once you do that, also leave me a comment and let me know what was your biggest lesson in 2019. Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed. I'll see you guys next time.